I think one of the most exciting and at the same time most difficult parts of the synodal process for me has been the way that with each new step we're encountering something new, something that we've never done before. So there's always more to learn and do and develop and organize as the process goes on. But like Pope Francis says, synodality is not a plan or a program to be implemented. He says it's a style to be assumed in which the main protagonist is the Holy Spirit. Today's Soul Food episode is a little different than our regular format. It's a reflection on a life and faith topic to get you thinking. Here's some soul food with a difference. Hello friends, it's Alison here again and it is good to be with you for this soul food podcast life and faith reflection. And to be honest, I am so happy to be sitting down recording a podcast with you because we have been run off our feet in Parramatta Diocesan offices lately. It is nuts because we are getting so close to our assembly for the first ever diocesan synod in Parramatta, which is really exciting, but it's also such a big event and there are a lot of moving parts. So we're trying our best to bring the people of the diocese along with us on this journey. Um, And one way that I thought we could try that would be sharing a bit about our synod journey and synodality in general here um, in our life and faith reflection on soul food this week. So recently we held a faith life three-week course on spirituality of synodality with um, Sister Patty Andrew. She's a legend in our diocese for spirituality and she took us through a brilliantly developed formation program, stepping us through everything from a general overview of synodality in the history and tradition of our church to the more in-depth work of theologians and Pope Francis. And weaving all the way through this, Sister Patty was able to draw out so many beautiful examples from our Catholic spiritual tradition that really help to ground the whole group as we grow in synodality ourselves. Now, if you're realizing what an amazing experience you've missed, um, I have two things to say about that. First, keep an eye out for our Faith Life events and short courses. Um, The Mission Enhancement Team facilitators offer formation to grow in faith and life, and we welcome anyone who is keen to learn. The second is that course that I was talking about with Sister Patty and the spirituality of synodality was recorded. And so we will be making it available in the next few months as an online course that you can complete in your own time. So you can do it with a group in your community or you can do it by yourself at your own pace. And there's no uh, end game. We're not marking essays. It's about us um, really enjoying learning about our life and faith as we go along. Um, So, Keep an eye out for those experiences. Uh, For the podcast today, I wanted to take the opportunity to recap some of the interesting things that I've learned through my experiences so far on our diocesan synod journey, some particular insights into our Parramatta synod. um, And I want to share a, a few things that really spoke to me through the spirituality of synodality program as well. 
To be clear, I cannot possibly cover everything in a short reflection here, but I want to draw out some of the ideas that really impacted me uh, as I've been learning and growing in my understanding of synodality. So let's start with some basics like the word synod. Um, it's not often that we use the word synod, even in church language, it uh, isn't often used or it hasn't been up until recently. Um, and usually when we use it, it's something like a synonym for uh, a church council. Um, so what does it mean? Um, well, the word itself, synod, comes from the Greek word uh, synodos, which means assembly or meeting. But the etymology of synod um, or synodos is actually two Greek words. So it's syn, which means with, and hodos, which means the way or the path. Um, so we might say that synod means something like being with each other or being together on the path or on the way together. Um, the other word that it's related to in Latin is concilium, where we get the word council from. So they're kind of interchangeable, uh, but it has a very similar uh, sort of meaning, I guess. So con, which means with again, or and uh, calare, which means to announce or to call out. Um, so in the original languages, these meanings of the words council and synod come together um, in, in really interesting ways. Council is a coming together to announce or declare, while synod is a coming together to find the way to get there. So the two ideas, they work together. In synod, we find the process together and in council, we come together to announce what has been found in the process. I, I found that a really cool insight because I really love words. I find that deepening my understanding through the original meaning of words so helpful to situate myself when I'm learning something new, especially things about our faith. Um, another thing I find really helpful is looking at the historical context. So uh, synods and synodality, they seem really new to us, but actually it's a very old part of our Catholic tradition. From the beginning of the church, the particular local needs and circumstances of a community meant that leaders of local churches would have to come together to discern new responses to these pastoral challenges. Take, for example, what scholars name the Council of Jerusalem, which is recorded in Acts 15. Um, the local particular need was uh, basically, and I can't go into all the details, but basically the question of whether you had to follow Jewish law, customs and rituals to be a follower of Jesus. And so some of the early leaders of the church met together to discern the way forward for their communities. Um, I'm a bit of a history nerd, so I find this stuff really interesting. I hope you do too. Um, but that's one of the first times that we hear about our um, early church leaders, in this case, the apostles, coming together to discuss what was needed in their particular communities that they were preaching the gospel to. Historically also, we know that bishops of neighboring churches around the second century gathered together to find solutions to common problems that their churches were facing. 
and that the earliest synod where bishops, priests, deacons, and laity gathered together was the Synod of Elvira around the year 305 CE. Um, so gatherings like the ones we're holding in our diocesan synod have a long history in the church. Synods continued to be a common practice in the church over the centuries, and by the end of the Second Vatican Council in 1965, Pope Paul VI established the Synod of Bishops as a permanent institution in the church so that bishops from all over the world could come together more frequently to work with each other and with the Pope. Um, even before the Second Vatican Council, the idea was growing for a structure that might provide bishops with the means to assist the Pope in his governing of the universal church. Um, actually, Pope John Paul II referred to the Synod of Bishops as a particularly fruitful expression and instrument of collegiality of the bishops. And since the Second Vatican Council, which explicitly called for synods to flourish with new vigour, as it says in the document Christus Dominus, um, it also insisted that the laity have an active role in the synods going forward. So this is specifically related to universal synods, like the one happening right now in Rome, actually. Um, it's happening for almost the whole month of October 2023. So if you're interested in that, there is so much information and great news uh, coming out of the synod already. So you can check that out. Um, but diocesan synods specifically uh, have played a really central part in the church since the Fourth Lateran Council in 1215, which is a really long time ago. Um, so the Lateran Council, the Fourth Lateran Council, uh, decreed that each diocese should hold a synod every year. Uh, that was reaffirmed again by the Council of Trent in uh, 1563, and it didn't change until 1917 when the new code of canon law at that point required all dioceses to hold a synod every 10 years. So it went from every year to every 10 years for diocesan synods. For most of that time, diocesan synods were typically for clergy and religious superiors, uh, though not always. But uh, since 1983, the code of canon law changed again and it required the bishops to um, invite lay members of the Christian faithful, including members of institutes of consecrated life. The bishop may even invite as observers those who are ministers or members of another diocese or even other Christian traditions. Um, and also since 1983, the diocesan bishop may choose to convene a synod for his local church whenever he believes it would be fruitful for the life of the diocese. So not every year or every 10 years, it's whenever it would be most fruitful. So this is... The background that I've learnt in our diocesan synod journey. This is the jumping off point for our first ever synod in the history of our young diocese here in Parramatta. So where do we start? Well, let me tell you a bit of a story. Uh, not long after Bishop Vincent was installed as the Bishop of Parramatta in 2016, he wanted to hold a diocesan synod. His hope was that the Synod would lead to the development of a pastoral plan, which would follow Faith in Our Future, which was the pastoral plan that was in place until the end of 2018. 
He wanted to listen to people's experiences and evaluate the implementation of the last plan. And then through listening and dialogue, chart a new pathway for the diocese, responding to the needs of the faithful. However, he decided to wait for the National Plenary Council to conclude. And with some very real and global interruptions in 2020, the Plenary Council got pushed back and everything changed quite a bit. Now, we could reflect on a lot of those years of uncertainty and interruption that Covis brought us, I think. But we might save that for another podcast. Essentially, as soon as we were able to see some stability and, uh, and consistency return to the active life of the church, Bishop Vincent began thinking and praying about holding a synod for the diocese. And on March 5th this year, 2023, he formally announced that we would be holding a synod. And so that's when the real work for us in the mission enhancement team began. That's where we started to gear up and and get to work on this huge task of holding a diocesan synod. So, a diocesan synod is both an event and a process, with smaller events and gatherings and formation and liturgy and celebrations and prayer and discernment and so much more. The bishop gathers together the clergy, consecrated and the laity of the diocese to discuss important matters relating to the life and mission of the church. Synods can be transformative and lead to renewal in the life of the church if we are ready to listen to the movement of the Holy Spirit in the life of all the faithful. As you can imagine, there have been so many people involved in so many different levels of the Synod, um, particularly the listening phase and now moving towards the event of the Synod Assembly. Um, The listening stage actually covered three months of listening consultations in our deaneries, our parishes, schools, community groups and our homes. We received over a thousand submissions to the Synod listening phase through the conversations and reflections of over 5,000 people across the diocese from all ages and experiences of life and faith. It was amazing. And now heading towards our Synod Assembly from the 13th to the 15th of October, we have over 200 members who are attending this stage of the Synod journey, representing the reality and diversity of our whole diocesan family. These members will be spending the three days in prayer, discussion and discernment, reflecting on the voices of the people from the listening stage. Uh, It's voices that have been developed into the resolutions proposed in the working document. After the Synod Assembly, there will be a time of prayer across the diocese until the release of the Synod decrees and declarations, which The bishop will be drafting along with the synod writing group who will be assisting him. Uh, And there will be more and more steps, including the development of strategy and action plans, more listening and dialogue, and uh, another diocesan gathering in the middle of next year sometime. Um, It's really huge. We've got so much to do, and, and this is just one part of the larger program. 
I think one of the most exciting and at the same time most difficult parts of the synodal process for me has been the way that with each new step we're encountering something new, something that we've never done before. So there's always more to learn and do and develop and organize as the process goes on. But like Pope Francis says, uh, synodality is not a plan or a program to be implemented. He says it's a style to be assumed in which the main protagonist is the Holy Spirit. And it seems to me that leaning into these little unknowns and new things along the way of our synodal process will actually help us bit by bit to move from having a process to being in process. From following an agenda or a plan to following the Holy Spirit into the heart of our faith. And that's where all this is really leading us to. At least that's the hope. That the synod experience will become the way we live. At our Faith Life course, Sister Patty Andrew said this, Synodality is a way of walking together and listening to one another in the presence of something bigger than ourselves, which we term the Holy Spirit. How amazing is that? How amazing would that be if that is how we approached our participation in our Catholic communities? How different would it make our time on pastoral council meetings or at school, in prayer groups or at sacramental programs? If we thought of them not as mundane things that we have to do, but as opportunities to walk together and listen to one another in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't that be a game changer? What if the biggest outcome of our diocesan synod was a culture change where we lived synodality in our everyday life, in the way we gather and spend time with one another, listening and sharing together, in the way we give of our time and talents to lift up each other and our communities. And what if we made our Catholic communities so welcoming and joyful that people everywhere would see the gospel as truly good news. So as we head into this stage of our diocesan synod, please pray for the members who will be gathering next week. May they be open to discussion and discernment together as part of the body of Christ. Pray in thanksgiving for all of those who have been a part of the listening stage, for sharing their stories and giving the gift of listening to each other. And pray for all those who will join the next stages of the Synod, that they may embrace the opportunities to walk together and listen to one another in the presence of the Holy Spirit every day. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Food. Don't forget to like and follow us on Spotify or on your preferred listening platform. This podcast is produced by the Mission Enhancement Team in the Diocese of Parramatta. We release a new episode each week and we'd love to hear from you. So leave a comment or reach out via our contacts in the show notes. Looking forward to sharing another story with you next time on the Soul Food Podcast.